Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs for winning their third Super Bowl in five years. This one with the world's most famous fan cheering them on. It's Monday, February 12th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Hosting the Super Bowl is considered an honor and huge opportunity, but more and more economists are questioning whether it makes fiscal sense. Joining me now to discuss is freelance writer Dan Kaplan. Welcome, Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you back on. So what's the center of the debate around how worth it is to host big events like the Super Bowl? Well, as you as you said, big events like the Super Bowl, there there is a long-running debate within sports economics over this. And the consensus opinion is that this sporting events don't have an economic impact or have a very minimal economic impact. And the reason is the displacement issue. Displacement means it it replaces economic activity that otherwise would have occurred or shifts it elsewhere. So when the World Series is going on, people are going to the games locally. That's money they might have spent in a restaurant or or towards a new car or something like that. It's not so when you see the World Series has a hundred million dollar impact on the local economy. Many sports economists look at that and they disagree. They say it's probably like a million dollar impact. Uh, The Super Bowl has economic impact statements that range from 500 million to a billion. And and I talked to one sports economist, Andy Zimbalist, who said you could probably move the decimal point one point over to the left. Uh, So it's 500 million. Yeah. Becomes 50, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so and it's not just, you know, money that would have been spent. You mentioned a new car. You know, it's not like everyone is going to go out and buy a new car and then the Super Bowl happened, but they have a certain amount of. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they have expendable income and it could go toward the Super Bowl. It could go towards something else, whether or not it happens that weekend or that week. Um, And there's some some unique wrinkles to this um, for for Las Vegas in particular. Uh, because of, you know, how much of a tourist town it is and, you know, their their gambling economy. So, yeah, talk us through some of that. Well, uh, if you look at big weekends in Las Vegas, it's Fourth of July, New Year's, and Super Bowl weekend is a big weekend. Super Bowl week, weekend, they have huge Super Bowl parties wherever wherever the Super Bowl is. I mean, this is the first year it's in Super in Las Vegas, excuse me. So all the previous Super Bowls is a big weekend. Uh, even the host committee will concede that 100% hotel occupancy and the typical Super Bowl week. And so you might ask, where do they come up with this big economic impact? They have already said it will get at least $500 million of economic impact. And they're suggesting it's going to be far higher than that. Uh, their point is the type of visitor who comes to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl is a higher earner, more wealthy, and will spend four to five times the average of a typical Las Vegas visitor. So that's where they come up with this higher economic impact. The naysayers say, well, first of all, where do you get the number? And the number most likely comes from a consulting firm or an economics firm that the host committee hired. So it's in the, it's a, and they probably said, deliver us a good economic impact statement. That's how these things gen- generally work. Um, another thing to consider with this weekend is this Lunar New Year, the Chinese New Year. And that's another big gambling weekend, uh, gambling day on the, on, the, on the calendar. So you throw that in, and it's, it's, it's really hard to assess how much of an economic impact this has. And now you throw into the mix the casinos 
are worried that they're whales. They're, they're heavy gamblers who they'll fly in on a, on a jet plane and put up in the hotel that they'll go to go to the Super Bowl game. And that means they're going to be out of the casino for five or six hours on a Sunday. That's not in the casino's best interest. So we heard a lot on the ground in, in Vegas that the casinos weren't thrilled with the Super Bowl and might not participate in bringing it back in the future. So that will definitely be something to watch in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting, especially because you have to think Vegas is going to be one of these locations that will be in the regular rotation, assuming that people want it. And, you know, whether or not the casinos want it, I feel like there is going to be um, enough momentum around um uh, around bringing it back from, you know, county officials, city officials. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see if those who don't like it have enough sway. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, some of this is stuff that's going to come up no matter where it is. But Vegas is is unique in a lot of ways. It's unique. And, you know, when you go to a Super Bowl in Miami, you have the beaches and you're outdoors a lot. It was quite chilly in Las Vegas. And you spend a lot of the time inside casinos. And that, that's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, the people who come to uh, me personally, I, 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 I wouldn't choose to go to Vegas. It's not my idea of fun to walk through smoky casinos and by people putting down their life savings through slot machines. Um, that, that's just my opinion. I understand some people love Vegas. Uh, I, I thought it was thrilling to come back to my floor at midnight one night and find someone passed out by the elevator banks. And I didn't think twice about it because that's just the way it is in Vegas. Um, so, but it's... A lot of people like warm weather spots, whether it's Phoenix or Miami or L.A. They want to be outside. They want, you know, there's ocean, uh, outdoor activities. In Vegas, it was it was everything was in casinos. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, and yeah, how those casinos handle it is um, yeah, just going to be like the big X factor here in terms of, you know, what kind of, of impact they saw. Dan Kaplan, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. You've heard of a quadruple double, but after Sunday's loss to Nebraska, Caitlin Clark has a double quadruple. Clark became the first Division I basketball player to have 3,000 points and 1,000 assists in her career. When Iowa goes on the road, attendance goes up 150% compared to their opponents' other games. Northwestern had its first ever sellout when Clark came to town, and the Hawkeyes crushed the Wildcats 110-74. But Iowa's next game, at home against Michigan, might set records when it comes to ticket demand. That's because Clark will enter the game eight points from breaking Kelsey Plum's all-time scoring record and is virtually assured of making history. Before the Nebraska game, tickets were being offered on StubHub for $89 at the low end and $3,075 at the peak. On Thursday, some people are going to pay into the four digits to watch history being made. The Waste Management Open is often thought of as the counterpoint to the rest of golf culture. Instead of respectful quiet while players prepare to drive, followed by modest applause, fans are loud and rowdy. Many have said that maybe golf could use a little more of that. But on Saturday, the tournament in Phoenix had one too many. There were fights, there were people rolling down muddy hills, one person ran onto the course, made a snow angel in a sand trap, and was promptly apprehended, and eventually tournament officials closed the gates and cut off alcohol sales. That prompted the crowd to say, you're right, we took this too far. Thanks for being the responsible one here. Just kidding, they started chanting, we want beer. Tournament organizers later put out a statement saying that they closed the gates because it was rainy, conditions were getting worse, and they stopped people from entering for safety reasons. None of that is incorrect. It just leaves out certain key details, like the multiple reported blackouts among fans who drank too much. That is to say, the Waste Management Open closed the gates in part to manage the wasted. 
Up next, I spoke with Tim Kawakami of The Athletic on what Las Vegas is learning about A's owner John Fisher that Oakland has known for years and why he's skeptical that the team's move will happen on time or at all. That conversation is coming up right after this. I'm joined now by Tim Kawakami, columnist at the Athletic Bay Area and someone who used to edit me many years ago. Welcome, Tim. Years and years and decades ago, I think that was Owen, but uh, good, good to be on yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great to have you on. Uh, so uh, you've been tracking the A's attempts to find a new home for as long as any of us. Uh, what was your reaction to the Vegas mayor's comments that the team should find a way to stay in Oakland? I was interested, obviously. Uh, I think you were surprised to hear it yourself uh, watching that, but it was interesting. Uh, I mean, I know it's largely she's speaking ceremonial about about this because she does not have jurisdiction over that part of the strip. Always known that. And, you know, the mayor in, in Las Vegas is is not the one driving the agenda on this sort of thing. However, you know, it's somebody who has a voice in the city, someone who reflects some amount of opinion. You would think some amount of you know leadership opinion. Uh, it's not the casino boss or whatever, but she's in part of that and that she is so ambivalent to to the borderline of the other side of like maybe they should just stay you know they probably should just stay uh i think she kind of walked herself down a road that she had to come back a little bit on but not that much there's just isn't excitement there isn't energy there is some amount of doubt i think about how the what the financial picture is going to be like how a stadium jammed in there on a nine acre slice on the strip is actually going to work uh that there probably isn't going to be a retractable roof that there is all these things that they've talked and, and bragged about not com- that are not coming true. And I think maybe in, in, uh, what it felt to me was like all these things that Bay Area knows about John Fisher have gone through all the failures. You know, Fremont, Laney College, San Jose is a different one, but it still was a failure of scope, of not understanding that that was blocked to you of all the failures they've had in Oakland, Laney College, and Coliseum, and Howard Terminal, back to Coliseum, back to Howard Terminal. And this is beginning to dawn on the people of Las Vegas. I'm not saying the mayor represents every single one of them. I I think she represents some part of it. And as I wrote in the column uh, yesterday, it's like, there wasn't this incredible, oh no, there, there is excitement. What is the mayor talking about? We're there for this. I think there is, it penetrates, like the, the lack of anything really going on. There's been no renderings, even though they promised them a, a month and a half ago and it hasn't come out. There's been no announced financial plan. There's been no, no architectural plan. They might have them. There might be some secret John Fisher thing out there that we don't know about. But this is exactly what you went through with each of his f- like five failed attempts in the Bay Area, each one of them. And it really hit me. And I started writing this column in November. Uh, because once they pass that relocation vote, everyone's like, oh, they're done. They're moving to Las Vegas. And they're like, so like no, that does not, is not what this means. It means they are progressing to this, but they've went further at Howard Terminal, way further at Howard Terminal, further at all these other stops. And they got halted each time because John Fisher did not have the capability to do it. And if anything, they're behind where they were at Howard Terminal a year ago before they pulled out of negotiations in April. If anything, the mood is worse. If anything, the the city's attitude is worse. And we've seen John Fisher come up against things like this that were not even as hard as this and stop and fail and delay and equivocate. And that's where they are here. 
doesn't mean he can't get it done. As, a, as MLB people keep telling me, this one is the one. This is the one. But that's what they've said three or four times. And if you bet on a streak, which is what I do, you bet on John Fisher coming up against issues that he cannot deal with, which is mainly financial, which is mainly putting more of his wealth at stake than he wants to. But he's, he could have done this three other times and had a stadium by now. Had a stadium by now. And all he does is waste time and lack the final commitment to get these things done. And your interview with the mayor was just like, to me, it was a crystallization of they're running into the same issues. And they're seeing this guy fail right in front of their eyes like he's failed previous times. And they're leery and they should be leery. Yeah, I mean, that was my reaction, too, is not that, like, she's going to block it somehow or, like, you know, this presents some, you know, represents, um, you know, you know some, some movement to, to stop the A's. But if things were going okay, if this was going to happen, one, even if she didn't like it, I don't think she would bother to say, like, oh, you know, maybe they should stay in Oakland. If it's going to, if it's for sure going to happen. I mean, someone pointed out, it was Jason Burke at, uh, at Sports Illustrated, wrote a column off of it saying she was a lot more sure about getting an NBA team when that league hasn't even said we're expanding yet. Um, and, um, and there's probably only one slot to go around after Seattle. Uh, she was a lot more sure about getting an NBA team than she was about getting the team that has said, we are moving, here's our plot of land, here's our public funding. Um, dive into a bit about when you said that he's further behind. He was, uh, Fisher's further behind where going to Vegas than he was a year ago with Howard Terminal. And I'll just say before you dive in on that, the reason I was pretty convinced they were going to stay in Oakland a year ago or so was because they had, they'd taken so many steps. They had gotten the environmental impact report. Uh, they had some, some money from the state and from the County. Uh, they had got an, uh, the port redesignated. They were taking so many steps. that seemed, why bother? If you're just going to move anyway, why do all this stuff? So I was like, so, so I felt like they're going to see this through. And of course we know what happened next, but given that they've got land, supposedly um, they've got some money, uh, why are they further back than they were a year ago? I think they really did want to go to Howard Terminal. And I think the mayor said that. And I'll, you can, who knows with John Fisher? He's a tough pill to crack. It's hard to understand what motivates him or his, and I've, what I've heard is his mind changes. Like even as they were getting very close to finishing the Howard Terminal deal, and they were close. I mean, 40 million, 50 million, whatever the number was. Uh, there, yeah, a bridgeable yeah, gap, especially was, for that guy. You're talking about like a $4 billion project. It was not out of the question for them to cross that finish line. Uh, but I heard like a month before, like every different day you talk to John, he comes, he gives you a different result. He's He wants it. He doesn't think it's going to happen. He thinks it's going to happen. And I just think they'd gone through that process at Howard Terminal. Like this is what the Vegas thing is just starting with is – the design is the feasibility is the funding. This is just beginning in Las Vegas. It can be done quickly, but with John Fisher, it tends not to be. They had gone through all of that at Howard Terminal because I do. I've written and I do believe he really and the people behind him really wanted to get it done at Howard Terminal. It's a pretty site. It's on the bay. The mayor of Las Vegas is saying how pretty a site it would have been. It would have pulled in from some really nice demographic areas in the Bay Area. It would have been a downtown hub, like, you know, you know, not quite downtown, connected to downtown Oakland. These are all things that were thought through. Like, these are things that had, they had worked on for years. There was a reason why so much focus was on this 
situation. There was civil moment, there was civic momentum behind this. And that's where I think they have, they kind of threw it all down, like in a big splat in, in uh, Las Vegas. Remember they were going to be at the other site. They were all set to be at the other site. That was where all the, oh, by the way, we have the deal now we're going somewhere else. Like it's, yeah, it's binding agreement that just got unbound. Uh, it's too haphazard. They haven't gone through the same processes they had to go through at Harbor Terminal. And I think they did diligently go through these things and spent whatever amount of money they claim they spent. And if they're, it's true they've spent all the money they've spent on the Harbor Terminal effort. It's ridiculous money that was spent for nothing. And I, I think it's a typical A's fib is what I think is they're just exaggerating. They're probably putting in all the payroll of, you know, 17 different employees who do other things and they're just counting them as part of this cost. But I, I think this is just starting in Las Vegas. This, this three year process at Howard terminal, how many you, you re, they were really seriously doing. I'm, I think about three years, it was a much more massive deal, but it was a massive deal because it was a better deal. It had all this mixed use of the businesses, retail, uh, housing, that was going to be vital to what John Fisher wanted to do. He's got none of that in this space. That's why I, I'm very dubious that they're actually going to have the stadium where they say it's going to be. It's too small. There's just there's not enough to it to make it worth doing it there with the traffic problems, with the you know what the construction is going to be like right there, where they can't spread out. It's just tight. They got to knock down the Tropicana first. Like this, these are all these steps had been mostly passed at Howard Terminal. All the, you know, it was a number. It was like come up, there's not, that number has not been drawn up that he's got to bridge in Las Vegas. We don't know what that number is because he hasn't got the plan yet. So it, th- that's the point. Like, oh no, they've got the vote. They got the reloc- relocation vote. They had approval to build in Howard Terminal. Like that wasn't the final anything. It's whether they have the wherewithal to get John Fisher to pay what it's going to cost to do this. And every time they come up with it, they run into a barrier. And in fact, they actually were had gone over a few of the barriers in Howard Terminal that they have not gone over yet in, in Las Vegas. And we were beginning to hear, well, Rob Manfred today, the commissioner was like, you know, it would be we really, they, it would be a problem if they don't open the stadium by 2028. If you're saying... The, that there's a chance that this thing isn't open by 2020, then it's not, right? We know it's not. I, I'm sorry, it's, like, it's ridiculous. Don't say this is going to open 2028. No way should you bet that. So you're talking 2029, maybe 2030. How long are the A's going to be an itinerant Major League Baseball team? And what's what's the fan base going to be after four, five years of wandering around, playing here and there? What? How bad are they going to be? What's the What's the financial base going to be? You're going to have a minor league team. You're basically going to be opening a stadium in a crowded section in a tiny little slice that's has no view of the Vegas skyline, whatever we call that, all the lights. And you're going to have a, you're going to be moving a quadruple A team in there. Like all these things are, I think, dawning on people now. It's like, wait a minute, this isn't thought through. This is what happened, Laney College at Fremont at the Coliseum at Howard. This is what happened. That's all I'm saying is I've watched this. I've predicted this when for months and for over a year, I said, he's going to run into problems in Las Vegas. It's going to be the same kinds of problems. He's going to have the same kind of un, you know, delays and uncertainty. And then people there are going to understand the same things that people in the Bay Area have understood. Yeah. And right now I'm sort of watching for this to take one of two paths. One is, 
it just happens. You know, it's it might not be pretty, but they get it done. They they build on the Tropicana lot. They have a, a team there in some time. The other path is the Tropicana lot is deemed to not be viable. It's too small. Maybe there's issues with valleys. We've been hearing there's some financial issues there, whatever it is. But then they lose the state funding. They lose that, you know, $380 million they got from Nevada. And that wasn't the most popular thing. You know, it's not going to be the easiest thing to just go back and get another $380 million or whatever they need. What do you think happens if they strike out at the Tropicana and then they just have to find somewhere else? I think, you know, we keep waiting and fans keep waiting for when is the MLB going to pressure him to sell? When is that going to... And I keep saying owners don't like forcing other owners to sell. They don't like losing leverage. They don't want the other owners to gang up on them. It's going to be hard, but I do think the sense might be that John Fisher might just throw up his hands at that point under some pressure, under some like people pulling him aside. We like you, John. We like They do like him. Like That's the thing. I can't, I've talked to MLB people. Why do you guys like him? They go, oh, he's a nice guy, you know, and you know, we think he's worked hard and he, they buy his sales job about how tough it is to, to deal with Oakland. And it is not easy. But it shouldn't be easy. This is public money. This is taxpayer money. It shouldn't be like a layover. It should not be. Uh, and so the, at some point, I think, and maybe it's happening now, uh, I've been critical of Manfred of being such a mouthpiece for John Fisher. You do not have to be a mouthpiece. You can be a voice of some reason in this. I know you're an employee of the owners, but you are trying to figure out what's best for the game. You, that's sort of what your job is. But I think there's some like, okay, wait a minute. Like this guy is going to screw this up after we gave him Las Vegas. I I don't, you know, they did give up the expansion possibility, but I don't think Las Vegas was ever their number one expansion. I I, I think Charlotte, Nashville, Portland, they could say, listen, like we gave you every opportunity. We really did. Like you could not ask us to give you more opportunities. And at some point you're not getting it done. It's better for you. You're it's a headache. It's better for baseball. It's better for everybody. Sell, you're going to get $3 billion. Even (laughs) Your punishment is is, an extra couple billion in your bank account. Ten times your investment or whatever the hell it is. Uh, And you're going to come out nicely. You can even own a portion of it. There are people who want to buy the team and keep them in Oakland. That would be make the most sense. My question, you know, I've heard that people think the Howard Terminal deal is a good deal. Now, is that deal still on the table? I I understand it probably is. Are there buyers who would be really interested in just taking it? Boom, step right in, Howard Terminal, let's get this done, build in three years. Uh, that's the other thing that strikes me is you go back on what they said, these previous efforts, and they said they were going to have Howard Terminal done by, guess what, 2023. And they said the Laney College was going to be done by guess when, 2023. Like, I mean, th- those were over-optimistic at the time. But like, if you really put their head to the ground, they would have had a stadium by now, by right now. I think other people could say, we can do this and have a stadium three years after this thing is done. If the Howard Terminal terms are, you know, are fair to them in their minds, uh, if they have more wherewithal financially to do this, I, you know, no, you can't, no owner likes to be pushed around and who knows if that's what will happen. I've heard he's stubborn about this, but I heard this, you know, when, when I heard this, like, uh, I think it was about a month and a half ago. No, this is a point of pride for John. He has to get this done. He's going to be embarrassed if he doesn't get this done. And I just said, well, why didn't you think that about Laney College 
or about Howard Terminal. Why is it this one? And no one has a, because they just like him. And that, that is, they keep, they just, they like the guy. And I that you know what, your business interest should probably come above you liking a guy. Uh, I hate to be the cold hearted one. Like the owners are the big hearted brotherhood and I'm being mean, but I, I, at some point, this is too obvious a pattern. It's too clear. And there, this will be an embarrassment. If they have a barnstorming team uh, for four years, five years, uh, or, you know, maybe they play in the Coliseum. I know we'll see what the negotiations are for that, but it would be, you know, that's the embarrassment. That is the, that's where everything may, you know, you're gonna have the Yankees come in and play in Salt Lake city. Really? Is that what you're going to do? You're, you're going to have the Red Sox come in and play in Sacramento. Like these are embarrassments for the MLB. They're looking at years of this, not just one or two. Three guaranteed, and give me, I'll take the five on that one, by the way. Um, and still, what if what if they build this thing after all this time, after all this, you know, dwindling of interest? You know, if you talk about lack of interest now, you'd go five more years, six more years of this. And what if the stadium's bad? And that's my, you know, it's going to be a closed dome stadium on the strip that would could, would it's going to feel like arena baseball, right? That's what it's going to feel like. It's going to be small. With no room, no expansive feel to it, was it's going to be like a casino lounge, and you know what? Vegas has got better casino lounges. They got better acts. Uh, they've got more talent doing other things there. I just can't imagine that this would be a success. And I, again, what I'm feeling is just I've been kind of waiting for this. Is people in Las Vegas beginning to wise up on John Fisher? There is no proof that this is getting done in a quality way. Well, then do you want it? haphazard do you want it slapdash do you want it like this plan doesn't work so i bail and then i go to this plan and even if you get it is it even going to be half worth it yeah you know we shall see i think that's all our question tim kawakami thanks so much for joining us you got no one in time that is it for today football is done for the season but we have the baseball season march madness and the nhl and nba playoffs on the horizon so subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts thanks for listening we'll see you tomorrow